This is Asia Tech Podcast. My name is Graham Brown, joined in the studio by Sankup Shangari. Sankup. Thank you, you, Graham. Thank you. It's just great to be here. It's great to have you here. I've followed you for quite some time. Thank you. And I've been impressed by your story, yeah. the background, the big why. We always talk about whys in the startup world. You have a big why, don't you? So we're going to talk a bit about that. Sure, sure. I, I think I think uh, everything starts with a why. Uh, so uh, they say, right? Yeah. So let's, let's find out a little bit about that. But I think it's kind of interesting as well is that um, where you've come from to get to this point. There's there's an interesting comparison of worlds, isn't it? We'll talk about yes. that. So La La World first. Let's put that on the table. La yeah. La means happy. Yes, yes. We're, generally. So, generally. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. What What is La La World? And we'll just give us the top level because we'll go through the pitch deck in a minute. Yeah. In in short. So, so La La is banking for the unbanked, looking after the poor and providing them uh, uh, almost free or, or a self-sufficient financial ecosystem mm. uh, across the globe, starting with Asia and Middle East, and then next year expanding into Africa and South America. Great. And you're from India originally? Yes, I was I was born and brought up in North India in a place called Amritsar, yeah. uh, and uh, grew up there, seeing the you know poverty around from a very low middle-class family, uh, growing into... Uh, a very educated and uh, and a banking environment, working yeah. with J.P. Morgan and Deutsche across the world, and and here I am today, sitting yeah. uh, in front of you. Full circle. <laughs> yeah. When when you grew up in Amritsar, I know yeah. for those who don't know, we were just t- chatting about it. it's famous for the Golden Temple, isn't yes. it? So yes. When you grew up there, was there real sort of tangible poverty around you? Could you see it on a daily basis? Uh, absolutely, Graham. Um, uh, Tangible poverty. I think that that that's a, that's a very real word, mm. uh, and and we you you see poverty all around, but but in the olden days there was happiness as well. Mm. Now what has happened is there is still tangible poverty and happiness is gone. Uh, there is there is too much stress in everyone's life. Not only just the poor. There is, uh, you know, nobody wants to care about anybody because we are rushing through our lives. Ourselves, yeah. yeah. So it's become an even worse situation, and with the growing infrastructure problems, environmental problems, pollution, security, etc., it's it's just become a crazy situation uh, in these emerging countries. Not mm. just India. You look around Philippines, Myanmar with the Rohingyas, or mm. or, or you look around uh, islands in Indonesia. The the, the same problem is just becoming uh, exaggerated uh, with, with, with the new technology mm. with the, although we think it makes life simple but but it's not is actually making uh, it, it's it's creating more misery than anything yeah. else that's an interesting perspective isn't it so you, you were saying in in the old days people were poor but happy maybe because they didn't know there were options you know no. when they get hold of a mobile phone yeah or they get access to media they can see that actually you know, why is my family living on the streets or why am I seeing these kind of imageries when yeah. people, isn't it the case that ignorance is bliss in many cases? Yes. When people know that they can improve their lives, yes, they can make and, them unhappy. And, and, uh, and I, think, I think not only that, and living in a globalized world and like you said, having a smartphone in your hand, you can see what's happening across the globe and the media is always exaggerating yeah. things as well. That is uh, true. You know, uh, on basis of religion or politics or corruption or whatsoever and then, when when I am very frustrated, circumstantially, I I tend to be more uh, less happy. Yeah, let's put it that way. Right. 
Well, La La means happy. So you're in the business, I suppose, of happiness in some way. Giving yes. people back happiness. Giving that's, them happiness. That's the ultimate goal. And, right. and, and, and after having studied and researched uh, all around it, I think, I think for the poor, happiness comes with financial freedom yeah. because because they, they're not even able to put bread on the table and for us happiness means kindness mm. there is no bigger bliss than than being kind to the to your fellow human being absolutely well i'm excited to dive into this before we look at the data and we look at a bit about the the ecosystem you're building and the technology it has to be pointed out you've come from, like you've mentioned it already, Deutsche Bank and JP Morgan, yeah, which are very traditional financial institutions. Yeah. Uh, you know, not your role in particular, but that world. Is that a happy world? Uh, not at all. And uh, it's not, not, not happy and it doesn't give you freedom. And, and uh, you don't learn much because you are siloed in your division, your department mm. and your referrals and your bonuses and your salaries and promotions, everything is based on how you do and how your division does. Uh, there, there are very few who would who would uh, who would obviously excel out uh, and and do, but but they are very few by definition. Mm. Um, uh, and and I I I kick myself in the butt that that uh, why did I spend ten years? I could have been an entrepreneur for ten years right. doing something. I don't know. I would have learned much more. Right. I uh, but but but. Uh, uh, in hindsight and uh, other side, I obviously uh, am here because of that. Exactly. And the network because of that. And the money, I'm wearing a nice suit because of that. But you did learn something. You learned what the that system was and how it works. And also how in some ways it's broken, which Absolutely. is really important. Especially yeah. when we're talking about, you're talking about the unbanked or the yeah. underprivileged and so on. Yeah. And the fact that these these institutions are making a lot of money yeah. and not creating happiness but there are people with money who do want to give back and there is a you know a market of people out there who don't have access to these financial institutions right yes. and you've been inside it and that's the important point isn't it you did learn something absolutely you know there's, there's that sort of myth in media now of people who are 20 years old coming out of stanford starting a billion dollar startup and changing the world often it's the guys who've done 10 20 years inside an industry yes who come out and say actually I know what doesn't work now. Now I want to change that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm blessed. I, I, I always say that I'm just blessed to to have been done that and this and that again. Exactly. And 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 again, you know, uh, traveled all, uh, been through all kinds of peaks and troughs of life, and and uh, learned life my my own way. Exactly. The only way to do it. Well, let's <laughs> have a look at your your pitch deck because yeah. I, I think what what you set out in the pitch deck. La La World is the headline data, which is really important to have a look at. And we'll just sort of jump through to that. The These are the, in some ways, the stats that we see occasionally pop up in media. Yeah. You know, the eight, I, I mean, when, but when I see it written like that, I know there's always sort of comparisons like, you know, the bus with all the rich people on it and that kind of thing. But when you talk about the world's eight richest people, I mean, I've never seen it put in those contexts. So Eight richest uh, and, people, and, and that's not that's a figure by Oxfam. Right. In 2010, in April 2010, uh, uh, as per Oxfam, uh, this this was about 20 people, and in in uh, 2015, it came down to just eight people. Wow. So it's getting worse. It's it's, you know, uh, to to you and and to our listeners, 
just imagine that just imagine that uh, concentration of wealth and inequality eight people you know it's it's just crazy and uh, and those 50 50% poorest you know out of those probably 10% do not even get one meal a day and here we are you know lavishly mm. uh, n- nothing wrong in spending lavishly but but i think capitalism and free markets were good till they were good but over the last 50 odd years they have created a lot of concentration right. in in undue hands and 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 uh, inequality poverty has risen because of mm. that mm. Uh, life has become better if you look at the life expectancy over the last 100 years it's almost doubled and probably would you you'll be double again in the next 100 years but 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 uh, the poverty has not really changed mm. the plagues and the famines and and the and the wars have kind of gone but now we're living in a new era of digital wars uh, and and still we have about 2 billion people uh, who are who are unbanked oh, and man. don't have Right. Uh, But why why is that a problem that they don't have bank accounts when their main concern is food on the table or you know paying the rent for the landlord? Yes. Daily problems. Why do they need a bank account? They live with cash anyway. I'm <laughs> speaking I'm playing the devil's advocate here. No, no absolutely. A very good question. Uh, I think it was uh, up until 10 years ago it was great. but but now we live in a truly digitized world where everything is connected and each one of these uh you know is, is or, or i should say 60 70% of these have a smartphone today mm. and digital ids are must in our world uh they they are must because because even the landlord or the uh, merchant on the street or or anything they want to do is moving to a digital world uh, the the credit uh, for example if you look at indonesia or india 5 years ago credit was a dream today credit is a necessity mm. the the western ways of emis and loans and credit cards are all coming in which are not possible without uh, identities and right. bank accounts and credit histories mm. this is coming they need it uh, uh, look at the rohingyas moving from uh, you know or kicked out of myanmar into uh, bangladesh and thailand uh, they don't have digital ids and they just have to start from scratch mm-hmm. even a student who moves from uh, you know uh, china to to uk to study has to start all the credit history mm-hmm. from scratch so we're living in a very broken kind of world a world which definitely needs new uh digital identities and right. digital accounts for these guys right so it's not just the fact they don't have a bank account it's the fact they don't have a digital presence a digital credit history if you like or a presence in the digital world yes that's that's um because that's the identity part as well which we'll come on to i suppose yes. this is yes. I mean, if we can jump back into the pitch deck and have a quick look um you, you mentioned the pain point here yeah So these are the pain points that come with the whole setup in the system. So basically the way you you set this out Sankov is that you say capitalism was good until it wasn't good yeah. effectively. Yeah. And it's created this huge concentration of wealth in a, a very privileged um select group of people. Mm-hmm. There are 50% who um you know have the same amount of money as the world's richest eight. There's the 2 million unbanked 
And this is the problem in the system. This is why it's happening. Because it should be easy that a bank just opens an account for somebody. Because yeah. in theory, they're going to make that person money if they're going to bring in credit, if they're going to bring in, use the services and buy the products and so on. So what is going on? Why is it still a situation where two, million, two billion people have no bank accounts? What are the pain points? A L- lot of reasons. I, th- I think I think the, the first, first reason is that... Um, ad hoc nature of their income mm. uh, these guys you know do not have regular job or regular work yeah. uh, some of them are daily laborers uh, who who uh, during a flood would not get any job or during rain sun or uh, you know uh, odd hours might not have anything to do so so due to that ad hoc nature of that income the uh, and and very low income the the banks or the local institutions don't want to open an account for mm. them because of which they don't come into that financial ecosystem because of which uh, also local levels in all these emerging countries uh, although it's changing but but even if you look at philippines or indonesia or africa today these guys don't have any digital identities mm. i mean you and i are privileged to have a passport and a national id and 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 so on and so forth but these guys have nothing because of which again there is this guy does not exist mm. we live in a technologically digitally identified world but for for xyz reason if if you were to look him up this this guy does not exist so he has to be brought into this circle to mm. bring that existence because the government fundings today don't reach him especially in these corrupt countries uh, even even in developed countries which are which are you know far more corrupt in in some ways uh, uh they, they they the 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 subsidies and the real uh donations and mm-hmm. and and uh, the the help does not reach these guys mm-hmm. uh, then then these are these are also living in very poor areas which are which are accustomed to uh, floods or uh, you know natural calamities uh during which again they don't have any help and and uh, they would end up uh, either borrowing at very very high interest mm-hmm. rate from the local money lender uh, or or they would they would just die to mm. be honest mm. um, uh, same same is true and and most of them who really want to change something or do something for their families are migrants who who would who would go to different countries to work and and on, as a statistic about 50% of the migrants in malaysia or uae or or uh, uh, europe are are illegal mm. today even in us because the, they they don't have identities, but they have to go there. Once they get there, things are so uh, not so rosy as promised. They they just go uh, under the radar. Yeah, and then they become lost because they're not on the system. It's really interesting, isn't it? There's a, there's a number of different factors going on here. There's this huge um, input of migration and how that's changing, and these people are uprooted from their their communities and homes and then they live they live in the shadows of the digital world they don't really exist even though they have mobile phones and so on and then we have the sort of the meta factor which you've mentioned in your pitch deck about trust yeah and it's interesting that you know how important trust is in the financial system the word credo which leads to credit obviously in latin means to trust right so a financial system is built on trust that's, you know, you believe that if I give you this piece of paper, you trust me or you trust the fact that this paper can then buy something else with it. Or, you know, if I lend you money, 
I trust you that you're going to pay me back. That's how it works, right? The same with credit cards and so on. Why is this an issue in the area that you're looking at in the unbanked? Is it simply because financial situ financial institutions don't trust poor people? Uh, yes, it's just vice versa. They don't trust him and he does not trust them because he's very much used to the local money lender. Right, okay. So you it's know? a two-way It's a trust. Two -way. Okay. And, and in the process, both of, especially the poor guy, he thinks that uh, interest rate of 30, 40, 50% per annum is a given. Right. He it's, it's normal for him, which he never ends up paying or never ends up affording to pay. Right. Uh, in the process, loses his, his collateral or whatever he has pledged to that local money lender. It's like bonded slavery, isn't it? Kind of. It's still there, yes. Yeah, yes. it exists. And now I heard a very interesting story, and this comes from Mohammed Yunus, yes. so who set up Grameen Bank. And he was, it, it, kind of in a similar way to yourself, he was living in a world very removed from that. He was an economist. And then he actually went out, you know, like you were in the banking institution, but all, you know, on your doorstep, there would have been people who were, you know, poor. Yeah. And he actually went out there and talked to him and he found a lady who was weaving baskets. Yeah. And like you said, she would then borrow money from the local money lender. Yeah. Who wasn't really too sort of like trained in customer service, so to speak. But, you know, he was lending at hundreds of percents. Yeah. So it was like bonded slavery. So all the money she made, she would use to buy from the money lender who was also supplying the raw materials so they would they would be running their own business but effectively making nothing yes yes and 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 grameen model is a great model uh in in uh, which uh, for which worked very well for the last 25 odd years 30 years now and and but but it worked well when technology was not there when when we we couldn't see where this world is headed to Mm. And that is that is where our philosophy comes from, that we need to use technology abundantly to remove this gap of, of poverty, uh, rich and the poor. And, and for that, we, we are looking at a, I, I, I always cite historical evidence of mm. that, how over 10,000 years, humanity and money have evolved. And especially if you look at money from a pure barter system, uh, from Adam and Eve uh, to a cognitive revolution, to an agriculture revolution, when, when we would start trading our goods uh, with each other, we moved on to uh, uh, the first uh, kind of bronze, bronze and gold coin about 10,000 years ago, 7,000, 8,000 years ago. And then uh, we moved on to more... Uh, uh, kingly coins uh, with with uh, king stamps and all mm. and and from there on we we you know we we, we entered the era of uh, uh, the confucius and the buddhism and the sufism which was which was teaching you liberalism the the the, the and and which was more about you know you denounce all the money it's not required but then uh, you had the kingdoms come in and the church come in in about 1500s and at the same time you had a lot of feminine plague, uh, the 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 black plague of 1555, etc., etc., which which almost killed 20% of the world's population yeah. at that time, and 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 then you had wars where where it was all about the number of horses and the number of elephants and the number of men you had, and suddenly, uh, and that time that is when the first uh, standard gold bar 
became as a monetary value and and that is when centralization of money started and from that centralization money we we are still centralized but the form of money changed from gold bars to small gold coins to diners club to a visa to a mastercard to paper money and and today we are a, we are we are a majority a paper economy moving towards a very a digital money hmm. but from centralization we have today come to a p2p society uh, uh, airbnbs the facebooks the googles uh, i can directly email you i can directly talk to you on facebook socialize with you uh, we are we are a p2p society but still centrally controlled by 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 a government a corporation a university all these are networks and where are we going now that's the question and that's where blockchain comes in we are moving to a very very decentralized society we are not there today it's it's fascinating and scary at the same time that that with with so much data you and i are producing today every second you know we're talking this is data uh, we are you are recording that is data you are putting something on linkedin that is data uh, trillions of data bytes today that uh, which we we don't have the capacity to even process but with artificial intelligence coming in will be very easily able to process that because those computers and robots will be much faster than the human brains and 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 that combined with decentralization is where for the first time in the history of humanity you will not have anybody controlling the king will not be there to control the church will not be there to control the facebooks and the googles will not be there to control first time you and i will be able to transfer value as well as information between us as we like nobody to stop us but we, it might be 5 years away 10 years away but that is in the in the in the in the in, in the whole in the ocean of uh, 50000 years that 10 20 30 years is nothing if you look at it mm. see th- this is why i like you sankop is that you're very much out there to change things and be part of that change and we'll jump into the pitch deck in a minute sure. and have a look at what the solution and the ecosystem is yeah and you're an optimist despite i mean you've mentioned many sort of you know terrible things that happens in humanity as well yeah. but you're an eternal optimist yep. as well and you know that comes back to the happy part of lala which is you know you that's the spirit of humanity right i wonder and i'm going to be I'll, i'll try and flip this on its head a little bit you know whether you can be too optimistic about this and we'll we'll have a little chat about this and then jump into the pitch deck is that you know it's the golden rule of money and that is he who has the gold makes the rules right so why is it that he who has the gold then should decide that you know allow you guys in and have a part of the the pie of you know you are effectively trying to decentralize a power structure which has existed for many thousands of years it's not going to give up easily is it yeah so how how do you feel is it something where it's going to be a dance or is it you just going to is it going to happen organically anyway how's this going to happen i think again again uh, if you look at a historical perspective things uh, any new revolution any new technology any new invention uh, moves at a very slow pace 
especially when you are fighting against an establishment especially when there are established rules of the game uh, ways how we are we are taught to do things as 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 kids we are taught that we have to have a harvard mba and that is the yeah, best thing yeah. in the world it means shit to me to be honest right so uh, no offense to the harvardists but but uh, uh, it's it's not their fault it's not nobody's fault they're probably better than me but but uh, the point i'm trying to make is that we have to have a radical thinking where where gradually people will start more and more people will start believing you mm. which means the network of your thought or your product starts increasing and at some point there is a flipping point where everything changes you know uh, thomas uh, addison uh, i think invented the telephone and and for 10 years nobody touched it yeah you know uh, the 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 plastic cards came for 20 years people did not want to use the plastic cards but but a flipping point comes where it becomes a comfort factor and as technology advances with it as as things progress and change that is exactly what's going to happen uh, where where the the powers to be will try to control you are absolutely yeah. right and and there will be a a, a a hybrid phase where where the uh, uh, decentralization ai and and the powers to be will coexist but at some point when you and i are comfortable dealing with each other and 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 there is um, billions of you and i nobody can stop us no it's unstoppable there you go all right well let's jump back into the pitch deck and I, I love some of the themes coming out of here and I often feel you know in these sort of grand historical narratives that often that sort of point where we're at now is that those people out there we have the believers and we have the, the centralized forms of power yeah and often the centralized forms of power try and entertain this new technology or this new change on their terms so it's yeah. decentralization on their terms right and we're kind of seeing parts of that you know manifest around the world you know like a a, a, a national currency on the blockchain for example you know whether or not that sort of is something which is going to work long term we don't know but that's kind of what's happening now is that they realize it's powerful they want to kind of be part of it but ideologically they're still sort of back in the last era yeah okay yeah. let's have a quick look so we talked about trust here i want to have a look at the actual solution so maybe and um, we can dive into this. We, if we forward to slide seven on your pitch deck here. So blockchain is a blessing in disguise. You've got a, um, a few slides here about what actually it is that you're doing. Can we just sort of start at the top before we get into the technology? Sure. So what is Lala World and how does it sure. work? So, so Lala World is a financial ecosystem which is based on a, a Lala app. Lala mm. Wallet has a platform. And and starts with a very basic feature for everyone, which is which is Lala ID, uh, digital IDs, which which we are rated on a five star rating. You can download the wallet today, and as soon as you download, you are uh, once you uh, verify your OTP etc. A one star rating is given to you, and as you provide more information, uh, we we give you more uh, rating, and based on that you you can do some use use some products and services and some you cannot uh, once you're five star you can practically use everything uh, along with that we have a we have a lala score which is also 
uh, a social and a credit-driven, uh, AI-driven, machine learning-driven score that keeps on enhancing or, or decreasing on a scale of 1 to 10 as, as, as you use the app more and more. Once these form the basis, we have we have three very basic products, which is Lala Pay, Lala Transfer, and Lala Lanes. Mm -hmm. uh, Lala Pay is uh, payments and recharges um, across uh, across the globe, and and uh, we're already doing it across uh, forty odd countries. And in the next couple of months, we should be covering uh, at least hundred countries where you can pay your bills, uh, recharges, primarily. Uh, then we have Lala Lens, which is micro lending uh, across Southeast Asia and Southeast Asia, and and we will we will grow from there next year. Um, and we have Lala Transfer, which is cross border remittances. Now all these products uh, you you earlier were 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 pointing how how uh, you know how how are you going to move to decentralization when when there is so much. A consolidation of power in mm. in certain hands, and and they they don't want to let go of their power. So 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 we we learn this the hard way, um, uh, uh, because because we we truly truly believe in a decentralized society, and and we always say we're gearing towards a decentralized financial ecosystem, but. Unfortunately, because of technology and because of uh, excessive regulations today, we are not there. So, so we have built a hybrid ecosystem for now. And, and in the back end, and we will release a lot of news over the next few weeks, we are, we are building a massive, massive decentralized mm. ecosystem as well, uh, keeping true to the spirit to what we have promised from day one. Um, it might take six months, one year, two years uh, to really open that up. We don't know, but but we we want to be prepared while building our uh, fiat come crypto hybrid system mm. and make money. Okay, so there's three elements to that you've talked about: pay, lend, and transfer. Send, spend, and lend. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Would this work without the blockchain? Uh, uh, yes, uh, they are working without the blockchain. Right, so that was where you have the hybrid part. So that's where it goes into the fiat yeah. element, right? So, so how we have done is we have divided our whole backend architecture into crypto-friendly countries and crypto-non-friendly right. countries. Okay. We we want to abide by each and every regulation in each and every. So tell country. tell us what countries which. So we understand from a top so, level. Uh, from a from a top level, and it's not hidden from anyone. Mm. I think I think Asian countries are the ones which are which are primarily more crypto unfriendly, or or or, or I should say, have not made a decision which way to swing, uh, and 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 that could be India, uh, Indonesia, China. Uh, everybody knows, but but then few countries in Asia like Philippines are kind of opening up right and and uh, the most of the developed world is kind of open although there is no uh, explicit regulation except few in korea and japan and then the new centers of of uh, decentralization or blockchain like malta and gibraltar mm. and estonia and now more coming maldives etc etc so 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 we we primarily you know we 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 have a lot of licenses in terms of remittance or lending etc uh, and we want to abide by all those regulations in those countries so so uh, and and uh, you know we we only do uh, crypto part in in our in our app uh, where where the regulations mm. allow us today okay so if we just as an example if we were to take blockchain out of lala world yeah what would it look like? And also, I guess my follow-on question would be, how would you feel about it? 
uh, what it would look like is is more like an alipay right uh, where you can do payments um, and and pay your bills etc etc uh, and and like alipay is expanding globally we are expanding globally right. just like that uh, without the blockchain uh but but the beauty of art is obviously we are not not even close to the scale of alipay but the beauty is that uh, product wise we've already built uh blockchain tech into all the products we we may or may not use it uh, for example on remittances we are we are using stellar and 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 uh, i'm already uh, you know i have, I have a meeting with ripple today uh, mm-hmm. uh, here in singapore and we are we talking to and we working on many other uh, blockchain solutions on uh, lending we are already building something on ethereum and already testing uh, plasma and raiden and mu raiden and some some few things will announce in the in the coming mm-hmm. weeks like i said uh, lala pay uh, which is on lala token as well uh, in crypto friendly countries we will be releasing that shortly in the next 3 uh, weeks uh, across uh, 50 over countries mm-hmm. so you will see a lot of so so we are uh so so answering your question specifically i think i think uh, uh uh we we trying to s- depict the future and seeing where it will go to and be ready for it um and 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 answering the second part of the what would i feel uh without blockchain i i think i think it defeats the purpose of the vision and the mission that mm. we started with uh and then then i would rather take that money and and put it in a ali pay startup than right. than built my own really doesn't right. uh, it's just a uh, uh, headless thinking yeah so philosophically the blockchain is core to the whole idea it's not just an enabling technology it's yes. the ideology that comes with blockchain as well yes. so tell us a little bit about the lala coin as well yeah how does that fit into everything being i'm not a Uh, a blockchain guy so yeah. speak to me as if i'm stupid because i kind of am in this context in this <laughs> world so please go gently so uh, very simply you know lala coin gives you rewards and discounts if you use services within mm. the lala ecosystem you be it lending be it uh, transfer bill payments uh, id scores um, uh, that that's the simplest form of explanation mm-hmm. but but on the other hand now you can also use lala in crypto friendly countries to 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 pay for these services right. you can buy it from the exchanges and and pay for it so creates like a supply demand for for lala mm-hmm. and as we are expanding both product and geographically uh, the utility and the uh, the usage of that lala token is increasing day by day mm-hmm. and creating that network effects that i was talking to you earlier to to the extent that once i have millions of people using lala token only perhaps uh, then then i know i can switch to a decentralized right. model because you don't need them anymore yeah so in the current setup if i was let's say living here in singapore and i wanted to wire some money to my cousin yeah. sankalp in amritsar yeah. as an example <laughs> as it stands that is an extremely difficult process to do through the traditional i mean it's sending anything into india is hard right and there's a lot of remittances going backwards and forwards and it's tough so if i was to do that through the traditional banking system chances are it might get lost sometimes i've done this before i used to have a business in south india in kerala well <laughs> just trying to pay the people there yeah. was tough we would send money and we wouldn't get a any kind of you know when they're waiting for their pay and it's not coming through people are getting annoyed yes and we don't know where it is if they find the bank it's stuck somewhere 
It's in a system somewhere. They can't trace it. Where the hell is the money? Yeah. That's annoying. So that's the traditional system. In your system, in the future, I don't know where you are with that now, but let's say I was to wire money to Sankal in Amritsa, I could use a bearer, which would be effectively a coin. So geographically, makes no difference. No. You've got a wallet, I've got a wallet, we're transferring. Absolutely. And you could sort of use your, your transfer, you know, your your infrastructure yeah. and those bearers you completely bypass all those regulations yeah. so 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 you know today uh, uh, with the with the more liquid uh, currencies uh, mm. digital assets like bitcoin and ether you could pretty much transfer anywhere to anywhere and and you could cash it out or even use it at uh, local merchants at at few places uh, with with the altcoins like like lala and 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 several others uh, the the remittance market is still not ready because uh, the regulations do not allow, although there are some um, uh, blockchains trying to do that with Ripple and, and Stellar, uh, but, but, but uh, it's still not there. And, and traditional ways is not only cumbersome or uh, less trustworthy or, uh, you know, like, like the other day I transferred money from a corporate account to, to a vendor. Uh, the minimum charges are 35 Singapore dollars in mm. Singapore, minimum. 25 on every transaction and $10 minimum on a 116th of a rate, et cetera, et cetera. And then what they make on FX is on top of that. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. We're living in 21st century and, and whereas if I was to just transfer Bitcoin, the cost to me would be less than 10 cents. Right, right. Yeah. So, so comparing $40, $50 to a 10 cents, which one would you go for? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Eventually, that's what I'm saying. That's coming. You accept it or not, it 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 it's happening. Right. Add to that, though, the 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 growing environment for capital control in the world is that I mean, especially in India, what we've seen in recent years with this sort of confiscation of cash. Yeah. There's been a big move for those that haven't sort of followed that, who haven't been up to date with what's happening in India and the viewers and the listeners here. <coughs> what, what has happened and how does that affect, for example, what you're doing? Uh, uh, I, I think these are two unrelated things, mm. but, but in spite of what has happened in India, uh, India over the last six, seven years, in my opinion today, is the most progressive financial ecosystem with the, with the onset of UPI, United Payment Interface, mm. And uh, the government's own application, Bheem, the government's whole Aadhaar ecosystem, digital IDs for 1.2 billion, it's not an easy task. It's, it's crazy what they have right. achieved. And, and, and they are thinking of the future and they are, they are making transactions free and, and, and they are like a startup giving competition to Paytm yeah. in, in a way or Arilipali Pay or the Mobiquicks of the world. So, so, Demonetization was was just a one-off effect, and 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 there's no point even talking about it. Uh, uh, I think I think the government was 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 not ready, and 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 uh, whatever they wanted to achieve, they couldn't because we are back into that cash ecosystem. The only difference is that where we were a 95% cash-based economy, now we are a 80% cash-based economy, mm. and that 15% improvement, we talk in hundreds of billions of dollars right. there. Did did they go into it with the idea that blockchain is a part of this though? No, no, no. I, Was I that? Think, do I you think, think that could ever be a, a thought in their mind? Oh yes, a couple of states in India, like uh, like uh, 
uh, Andhra and uh, uh, Telangana for that that matter and and Karnataka uh, they are they are already quite progressive mm. on the blockchain space but but because of uh, restrictions by RBI and Supreme Court on top uh, which is yet to hear the petition etc uh, there is no clarity so mm. so it's a wait and watch blockchain situation uh, but blockchain technology as such is booming a uh, lot of uh, you know sweatshops popping up here and there uh, doing doing lot of enterprise work for various companies across the globe uh, honeypot situation at the moment mm. uh, but but uh, but more regular 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 clarity required yeah. at the moment yeah agreed okay so we talked about india on the the meta level i want to sort of understand lala world from the the micro level so yeah. have you got sort of have you seen individual examples or like stories or like this is how somebody used it because i think when people can see and understand and feel that sort of like environment then they can see what it's doing to people's lives I'm curious have you actually experienced something like that yourself or you've gone out and you've seen somebody use it and it, the light bulb came on in your own mind about oh wow this is what it means Yes. So, so from uh, we we have few videos on our blogs and mm -hmm. our YouTube channel, where we have captured this journey of giving a, a loan to to a poor fellow and how he is using it and how his uh, life has changed uh, and and uh, how how blessed he feels because nobody else was helping him. Uh, uh, in in my personal journey as well, you know, in in uh, India or in Philippines and in Indonesia. I've traveled extensively across Philippines and Indonesia as well. I used to be a iron ore and a coal trader uh, in the past, okay. so so I've seen that firsthand. Uh, and 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 uh, th th these guys literally do not have anything, and and they they humans by nature are entrepreneurs, mm. but these guys are not getting a chance to come up and improve their lives and that chance starts with money that money is and and we can only help as as a micro lender to them by what we have done is we have created joint liability groups and self help groups and we lend in groups to these people mm. and and these people mostly don't default if the default rate average in in uh, you know philippines or indonesia is about 4.5 5% mm. here we are looking at a default rate of less than half a percent how so this is where i think traditional lenders are going to start scratching their heads how is it you know when you do a car loan or a career loan or a business loan that you, then you look at the poor people the disadvantaged that they have a significantly lower default rate how is that possible so so uh uh, uh you look at the banking history again for the last hundred years. It's it's the rich who have defaulted. It's the corporations. It's the big companies uh, uh, because because of tie-ups with the whole nexus of capitalism, corruption, politics, everything, and and they they are mostly let scot free. Uh, no, nothing happens to them. You look around the world. It's the same story. Uh, whereas whereas the poor, you know, for them, reputation matters a lot, especially when they are when you're lending in groups uh, for them for them it's an opportunity which they never had in life and they want to grasp it and don't want to lose it it's like it's like me losing everything in life and then suddenly graham you give me a helping hand and i'm like i'm not going to betray this guy again i'm not going to let this opportunity go again mm. from my life so i'll do anything 
to pay you SP. And then in the process, we have a lot of other help, uh, education, hygiene, sanitation, uh, health, everything. We, we come as a whole package. So the goal is not the volumes of loan that I do. The goal is, goal is how else can I improve your life? It's not easy. And, and one by one, setting up those centers, setting that up, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Herculean task. Mm. But, but we, are, we are blessed. Yeah. And the way you put it as well is fascinating that when you compare it to the well-off who default on greater volumes and yeah. greater amounts as yeah. well. And even the middle classes, I mean, to take a car loan, default on a car loan, yeah. the car's repossessed, etc., no big deal, really, in the grand scheme of things. You know, the car's a car. They're going to resell it in auction. They'll lose a bit of money. But at the end of the day, no lives really change, yeah. right? However, the guy who's never had an opportunity, and then you give him the money to start a business, and often it's women as well, isn't yeah. it, and the heads of families, and they can feed the family, put their kids into school, and to see that fall, you know, to see that follow through and then have a real impact... <laughs> You know, you can see then like the default rates, they, they're not going to default because their neighbors, the community, the family, those groups, they all know. Right. And people's lives depend on it as well, isn't it? Like you're putting people through education and improving their lives as yeah. well. They're not going to let people down. Yes. It's interesting because the argument always was is that the poor people won't pay back because they don't have money. But 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 you look around the world. Look at especially uh, Southeast Asia and even Africa now. Uh, there there are several hundred uh, the Grameen Bank example that you gave earlier, or uh, hundreds of uh, microfinance institutions or micro credit associations like Micra in Indonesia, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, you know, doing doing all doing pretty well, pretty well. And and uh, billion dollar companies have IPO'd in India over the last five years. Uh, from small payments banks who started with micro lending mm. to to microfinance institutions in particular who have become billions of dollars of businesses today uh, it's, it's a volume game and and it's a less default game and and in the process uh, everybody wins mm. good okay two questions I need to ask you I want to understand a bit about where you are with your funding as well and also about your recruitment, because I imagine a lot of people interested in this will be wanting to get on board with the, the mission, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the funding. Currently, how old is the company? Uh, we started in June 2016. Right, so two and a bit years. Yeah. Okay. Um, how have you funded it up to now? Uh, 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 up until December last year, it was primarily funded by myself, our own money uh -huh. as shareholders. And and uh, then we did the ICO. Mm -hmm. uh, we have we have you know uh, enough uh, resources at the moment to deploy up until uh, a few more uh, months if not the whole year but but we are already since our lending book is growing aggressively and we are going into different geographies so we are aggressively looking to raise capital for lala lines okay. at the moment and will that be through the traditional yes that, financial institutions so private equity or right. or a debt fund Okay, and are you able to share any details on that at the moment? Yes, so so we have we have uh, two models on lending. One is direct lending on mm. our own balance sheet, and one is marketplace lending, which is which is connecting the borrower to the institution. Uh, uh, we have very strong tech over the last eighteen months that we have built in house, uh, which through which we have we have already started marketplace in India, and we are rolling out in uh, Malaysia and Indonesia in the next two months. And we are 
then focusing on Philippines for this year. So marketplace will 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 continue to drive mm-hmm. growth and, and and net profits immediately. Uh, uh, on the on the direct lending side, we have we have acquired a large money lender in India. We are acquiring another one, and and we are partnering with with another very large company, which has a hundred million dollar revenue and a and a huge customer base, uh, where we start lending them in house for their products combined. Uh, uh, but obviously, we need uh, you know at some point. Uh, to lend, we need to borrow. Yeah. So, so we're looking to either borrow or or dilute equity at that point. Okay. And we we will we will you know soon start um, talking to some investors. Uh, right. In terms of the investors, is a specific conversation that you want to have. Obviously, you're borrowing or going to the PE market. Is that you? There's a lot of dumb money out there obviously you can <laughs> please please show me yeah. <laughs> what, what are you looking for are you looking for anything specifically are you looking at, like an investor for strategic investment well, very pure are we looking for a strategic investor uh, who has worked uh, in in uh, in in this uh, lending space hmm. uh, be it marketplace or direct lending or p2p lending uh, who can who can um, you know, be an advisor as well at the same time. A uh, lot of money chasing us at the m- moment uh, from a lending perspective, but but uh, we 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 being very cautious uh, in terms of uh, who we take it from. Um, uh, yeah, very w- sh- should be something very large, uh, Pan Asia or even with some North uh, North American exposure mm. because. Those guys have been there, done that for the last five, ten years, and that market is mature, and the yields in Asia that they can get um, cannot get anywhere else at the moment. And next would be Africa after yeah. this next year, and and so on, and we'll be ready for that as well. Okay, good. And your team, are you recruiting at the moment? We on the lending side, uh, we we are. I'm I'm looking for a global head now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have we have some. Uh, guys but but a global uh, lending head who can be based either out of uh, singapore or or india uh, we're in discussion with few guys mm. uh, we're looking for uh, three java and node.js developers uh, we're looking for uh, uh, ai data scientist uh, to to help our uh, couple other machine learning and and data scientists uh, and and we're looking uh, for uh, primarily. I'm also looking for uh, for an investment banker to to help me with this fundraiser because mm. uh, right now it's me and my group CEO and and my 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 Southeast Asia lending guy working on it. But we need a dedicated guy to help us, and we are we are in talks with you. In terms of the culture of the company, because this is going to be key, isn't it? In terms of reaching out to the kind of people you've talked about, mm-hmm. that the skills exist out there in the market. Yeah. But I think the mindset and the fit with what you're doing must be absolutely key and your mission. What are you looking for? Rather than, you know, for example, anything from the data scientist to the, the investment banker. Yeah. In terms of their attitude, in terms of what they believe in what what's key for you because you're going to get a lot of applications because you're out there trying to change the world there's a lot of people who want to do that and get yes. on board with you how how do you know they're the right person well uh, uh, graham not not necessarily that i want everybody to change the world uh, they may or they may not want to it's, it's like individual perception but 
but uh, we uh, we are a, we call ourselves lala family and and i i always look for a couple of things uh, one is one is a i i i want street smart guys mm. uh, you can be from harvard or from a government school in india i i i really don't care uh, but i what is more important is you please be very very street smart because this world is crazy means what means that that nobody can fool you hmm uh, uh, and and you you know what to talk how to sell how to turn around how to be be a good business guy hustle how yeah. hustler yeah yeah, yeah. yeah uh, a second thing i always ask of my lala family is ownership of tasks uh no i can forget you cannot if cuz cuz i have 100000 things and and if i've given you a task because of your position and where you are uh get it done get it done mm. Do, don't don't come back to me with excuses and because that is the best way to teach them and and that is how i want to empower them i i cannot micromanage I, uh, as a firm as a business will never grow if we do that mm. so ownership and street smart that's it yeah and how important those are i want to ask you out of interest is that how do you identify that when you're at the recruitment stage and you're looking <laughs> at CVs for example how how do you know because everybody's going to tell you that they're street smart and they will own the task but is there a sort of telltale signs is there sort of indications or insights maybe it's on the written paper maybe it's how they interact with you maybe it's their history or what they do what your sort of spider senses must be pretty tuned to this because you've recruited a few people i i i think i think it's a, it's a mix of a lot of things uh, so, uh uh if i talk at the ownership side uh, i i i like guys who keep on pushing me in spite of me saying no i don't want to meet you right and and that's that's what i do persistence is is yeah. the key and 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 i think most of the good employees i have today or the best employees in the company have come through that track and then they have been very uh persistent and not only following up but also being on time being mm. uh, telling exactly what they need what what they need of me uh, the second thing uh, which is also very important to me is clarity over confidence so don't beat around the bush be simple is best you know uh, uh, so so please uh, you you tell me what you need and i tell you what you need Uh, we need to be very very clear because otherwise we both will end up unhappy yeah. i thirdly i simply reject the cvs that are written in word document if they're not in pdf i'm sorry you you cannot you're not living in the 21st century um no. i'm laughing because i i completely <laughs> feel for it as well yeah. i've been through that yeah. and i understand because i get cvs yeah. so r- r- right or wrong i don't know but y- you're right personal they haven't thought about you and how you consume that information yeah and just simply converting it into a pdf yeah. so if anybody is actually watching and listening along and they are due to meet sankalp then he has given away <laughs> what you need to do which is absolutely right i mean the whole point about persistence as well if you say to them no too busy can't meet you we don't have a job don't give up don't persistence give up. just keep pushing because yeah. that's the test isn't it are you worthy of working in like for a cause like this or on this mission yeah. you've got to have that kind of persistence to make this happen 
yes and 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 not only for me for everyone be choose what you want to do in life uh, you know and 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 choose which which are the top 3 companies you want to go for focus on that you will get it uh, at least you will get an interview with the guy and 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 be very open don't be scared don't be a yes man uh, we we might as leaders sometimes like yes man but but inside we hate that criticize me bring that out and and i'll be like this guy knows his shit what's great advice <laughs> sankar sangari everybody founder and chairman of lala world thank you sir it's been great having you in thank the show you. finally same here thank you yeah, and it's been Bye great now. to share the journey and so for those who want to reach out to you because there's many different types of ways that you can have a conversation like there may be people who are potential investors potential partners potential team members you know people who can open up markets for you what is the most effective way of getting through to you i think i think linkedin is the easiest right. and because i i do reply to everyone uh but but uh, linkedin would be the easiest way and easiest for everyone to find me there all right all the details in the show notes we'll uh give all the details of um put your pitch deck up there as well so Excellent. people can connect with that sankalp shangari everybody thank you very much thank you sir thank you so much for having us thank Excellent. you